You on the phone? No. I'm never on the phone. <laughs> I'm going to text. It's I'm never on the phone. Noise. I need to move the stool a little bit. For real. <laughs> you got to take a that? dump? No. Yeah. Move a stool? <laughs> <laughs> Good people who have traveled from villages near and far, lend me your ears. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? What's up, Miss Tasty? What's up, what's up? Hi there, nice to see you. Bumblebee tuna? Bumblebee tuna! Hello, S-Man Tooth. Hello, evening news team. You are now listening to another edition of the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. Welcome to the Goody Room. But their ability to open is f***ing heroic. And now, with your permission, I'm going to do my stuff. What are you going to do? I'm going to do the best I can. What was that? It was a very long intro. It's the very best intro. I like that intro. I'm not saying I, I like it. I enjoy I it. I made it myself. Well, with the help of big corporations and governments, not governments, businesses that made those movies. That's why. And I viewers like you. And <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Uh, we got a great show for you guys. This is uh, Nothing But Real Reviews and More. I am your host, Mike Lucas. Joining me is uh, Aaron Kronikin. Hello. John. Hello. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, and Matt McNeil. Hello. Yeah, I don't know why you only get one name. I just realized. I, that. I, I, I realized that's what kind of caught me yeah, off guard uh, there. Like, like, was he gonna go on? John doesn't get a last name. No, I don't deserve one. No, no. Better, I'm, I'm too good for a last name. There's only room in here for one Lucas. There's only one John. You can't handle the truth. Oh, what? What? <laughs> uh, we got a great show for you guys. We're gonna retouch on DVDs and theaters coming out this week. Uh, as well as a gem of the week. Um, woo. I say woo. No, woo. I thought you said boo. Yeah. That, that it's like we don't even know what excitement. it is yet. Yeah. It's coming from Mike. Yeah. It's my <laughs> boo. Yeah. See? <laughs> uh, and then we got a review of Lay Fountain. Uh, that This was Schley's pick, right? It, it was. Yeah. Unfortunately, she can't be here. She wasn't feeling well, but she did send oh, me. Uh, oh, play the she, clip. I can't go out. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> no, <From> Mean <laughs> Girls clip. <laughs> no, she she did wish she could be here. She did send me her score and all that. Oh, good awesome! Stuff, so awesome. Make sure you read that because every time like Steve sends me a score, I don't read it, <laughs> and it's not anything against Steve. It's just I forget yep, that I have nice, it. It's just like yeah. F Steve. Yeah. <laughs> there was when you guys did Art of the Steel. I couldn't make it, and I sent you my score. Nope. Hoping to lower it drastically because it was an awful movie. That. Nope. nope, I wasn't able to make it. Oh. So I had was to listen to that? Shane and Schley give it yep. a nine. Nah, that's who it was. It yep. was the other brother. Even the, though that movie's like a one. It was his doppelganger. Um, Alright, so let's touch on uh, DVDs. Nothing. Right. Hardcore Henry is coming out if you want to rent Have it you for seen a it dollar. Yet? No. Uh, to be honest, I probably won't get around to seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> he was so gung-ho. It, I mean, it looked like a cool concept Idea. and yeah. it's like eh yeah how much of this can i take if like, if i could maybe watch it on like the playstation view glasses or something that might be cool actually oh yeah, uh, playstation vr whatever yeah it was. i would just yeah. watch the trailer and be like yeah that's cool and then that you don't have to watch the movie what yeah yeah it's true i kind of felt like i didn't really <laughs> need to watch it all right all right um so, and then movies coming to theaters, basically just Jason Bourne, right? And Bad Moms. Yep. Yep. Those are the two. Yeah. Did you guys see the new uh, uh, Suicide Squad trailers drop? 
Yeah, uh, I did. Well, we I did. haven't watched it yet. Yeah, we mentioned the. I guess we didn't mention that one. Yeah. We mentioned the Justice League trailer, the Wonder Woman trailer. Haven't watched those. Either. Awesome. Uh, Kong Skull Island looks awesome. very good. Really um, awesome. And then awesome. the Suicide I'll, Squad. I'll I have did, to. Are you talking about the new one that's basically all the Joker? Yeah, I'll yeah, have I to get that. around to watching all the Comic Con trailers because I haven't done that yet. Yes. Is the Joker in Suicide Squad? A lot? Yes. Yeah. Well, he's, I don't, he's I don't the main know a lot, but they. I mean, but they haven't. He's the main villain. The villain. So they, he's they not part of the Suicide Squad. Well, yeah, they purposely kept him secret, like not wanting to release details on him. Right. I don't. I don't know how much screen time he's going to have, but as long as uh, Jared Leto does a good job, I don't care. I can't wait to show you all my toys. I'm, I'm not excited for his role. I'm. I'm excited to see this Joker. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be good. I'm excited to see what he does, right. whether it's a train wreck or it that's, works. That's exactly what I meant to say, because I'm excited for the movie. A lot I'm, more I'm excited still excited for the movie. Um, also, Jason Bourne, I'm excited for that, too, which I probably <laughs> shouldn't be, because truth be told, I haven't seen any of the Bourne Whoa! movies. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I saw the first one, went meh, and never went back. Uh, yeah. But they get better from there. Meh. Those are, all right, meh. <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> moving on, I guess. I mean, if you have them, I would borrow them from yeah, you. Yeah, I have totally them. Totally watch them. Except not the Jeremy Renner one. We, we Which one's that one? The latest one that the, nobody the ever Born saw. The Ultimatum? Nope, it's just their attempt at a reboot. Oh. I don't yeah. think anybody saw it. No. In the world. Uh, so I, think, I didn't yeah. even know there was a reboot. <laughs> like, they canceled it. Oh. No, they didn't. No. I mean, they canceled. Oh, they canceled the the series they were trying to reboot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I thought yeah. you meant they canceled the movie. Yeah, they canceled <laughs> the movie. They they went to theaters and they were like, "This movie sucks. Let's cancel it." Yep. And they just kiboshed it. Doesn't Sausage Party come out this week or is it next week? <laughs> I think it's next week. It's got to be. Okay. It wasn't on our list. Okay, it's got. I actually I finally got around to seeing a trailer for it. it kind and of like it looks really dumb. I was yeah. gonna say I I'm actually gonna probably go see. it. I probably will see it eventually. Yeah. Uh, that's but not one that I'm going to go see in theaters. I'm a sucker for animated comedies. That's funny. Um, all right, so let's move on to a gem of the week. Uh, this one I saw on uh, the way back on an airplane, uh, but it was still pretty good. Um, and one of my friends recommended it, so I was like, okay, cool. Was it Airplane? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is really good. That'd be a that is a good gem. movie. Probably better uh, than any gem I could come up with. Uh, wow. This one is 500 Days of Summer. Um it is a very almost artsy movie. Uh, yeah. You've seen it, right? I hated it. <laughs> I remember seeing trailers for it, and it didn't look like a movie I would enjoy. It's probably not a movie a lot of you guys would like. Like it's a, it's almost a it's a love story between uh, Joseph Gordon. Isn't Levitt it directed by the same guy that made the crappy Spider-Man reboots? Mark Webb. I mean, Webb does. Yeah, it's him. God, he's awful. Now, Five Hundred Days of Summer's pretty good. I'm I'm gonna ask. I've never seen. Or even heard of this movie, or seen a trailer, yada yada yada. But looking at that one picture that you have up right there, is this about like five hundred girls named Summer? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it it tells the story of this guy played by Joyce and Gordon Levitt named Tom, uh, and Zoe Deschanel, who is Summer. They are recounting the last five hundred days that they have spent together, and it tells the story non-linearly, and it just kind of picks and chooses days along the way. Um, so like the first thing you see is day five hundred. And you're like, oh, okay, well, this is weird. And then you see, like, day 279. And it, it, it's very interesting the way that they tell the story because they they keep – it's almost like a twist at the very end. And you're like, oh, 
That makes sense. You're like, oh, what a twist. What a twist. Yeah. Mm. It, 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 it's it's a very good way to tell this story, um, but it is very artsy. Like, there is a uh, uh, like a so, cut scene so in the middle like... of it where they just start singing. It's almost like, you ever seen Hot Rod? Yes. Where they start singing in the streets and then people start going into a riot? Yes. It's like that, but there's no riot. Uh, <laughs> so just singing. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that scene from Hot Rod a lot. Riots do. I do like Hot Rod. That movie's pretty funny. Yeah. But no, this, it's it's a it's a pretty it's an interesting movie. It's a good take on it. I liked it. It's not funny, even though they pass it off as a comedy. No, it's not. It's not funny at it's, all. It's got like I laughed. I think two or three times throughout the movie. Like it had a few chuckle points where I'm like, huh. Yeah, that's Can't about they it. They said it. <laughs> like they said it like that. So um, it's a romantic dramedy. Yeah, uh, it's uh, indie romance. Yeah, gotcha. It's very indie. So it's it's summer is a person, and not a season in this movie. Correct. Kind of like you Paris how is they a person well, and not a place. Spoiler. Uh, so summer <laughs> summer is a person, and then the very last thing in that they say in the movie is, "Oh, by the way, my name is Autumn." Oh. Yeah. So he meets a different person That's named Autumn. Dumb. Yeah. Super dumb. Yeah, it's dumb could have gone without that but no check it out um a lot of you guys won't like it but ladies will love it and that's what we're here for it's it's probably a good date movie we are here yeah. for the ladies i don't know because it it's, i guess it ends on a good note but the, terrible like the note at the same yeah. time yeah it's, and it, I, the, I was thinking about this and i'm like this is like a hundred ways of how not to be in a relationship in throughout <laughs> this movie like because they are just like extreme caricatures like polar like it's it's just, just watch it because it's, it's I enjoyable. Won't. Is it on Netflix? Do you know? I have no idea. Okay. It's it's if you fly WestJet, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take a trip, watch it on the plane. Yeah. So I mean that'll be like a sixty dollar movie bare minimum if you take a trip anywhere. But if you fly WestJet, you can watch it. Not sponsored by WestJet. Not sponsored by WestJet. <laughs> we should really see if they want to sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> we give them free plugs. There we go. Yeah. Aren't airplane movies just? recognized for being awful and you picked one for the gem of the week <laughs> <laughs> no 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 because okay. uh Lack of so, some in-flight movies are oh okay okay no dude's like uh but then sometimes you get biodome <laughs> <laughs> no dude, okay i was if like i had Pauly to watch shore. Pauly shore i would love it <laughs> i loved Polly shore uh the, the uh, god dang it the flight there to london they had like you could pick from like 500 different titles so i watched creed and uh, I started watching um, Black Mass, which I plugged Black ah, Mass last yeah, week. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think I plugged Creed too. Yes, you did. Um, but yeah, and I finished Black Mass on the way home with WestJet. <laughs> Not sponsored by WestJet. Stop <laughs> saying their name. <laughs> saying WestJet. <laughs> Just start. Yeah. You're gonna have to go back and bleep yeah. them all. I don't think WestJet would approve of you using WestJet in every sentence. That has to do with WestJet. Well, even <laughs> Mike, I don't think WestJet would WestJet WestJet if you WestJet your WestJet. During WestJet, that sounded dirty. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. could, so, could you jet west on a WestJet jet? If a WestJet could WestJet, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I don't even. Great. Where do we go from here? Yeah. To the review from that. Yeah. Um. Speaking of WestJet, <laughs> Tally Ho. Uh, you should have watched a western. Uh, starring Huge <laughs> Ackman, because that's what we didn't watch. We watched. A oh, this is an awful transition. Yeah, it really is. Uh, the, the fountain. The fountain. 
Uh, from 2006. Uh, it's a PG-13 movie, about an hour and 36 minutes long. It's a romantic drama. It's just a movie. <laughs> oh, that, that, it is a movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, as a modern-day scientist, Tommy is struggling with mortality, desperately searching for the medical breakthrough that will save the life of his cancer-stricken wife, Izzy. I think I read that wrong because that sounded like a really big fragment. But anyway, uh, written and directed uh, by Darren Aronofsky, uh, stars Hugh Ackman, Rachel Weiss, Ellen Burstein, and Mark Mungulis. Uh Pretty much it, really, right? Yeah. And Cliff Curtis is the guy, is, is a recognizable face, I think, from uh, yeah. the Bushmacalls, mm-hmm. dream sequences or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the story is, I mean, I feel like we, we said it, but I don't know if that really... Well, so the movie is in like three, it's telling three stories at once. Yeah, similarly at the same time. Yeah. Because, like, you get the main story, which is him, uh, Tommy, the scientist, and then there's the the conquistador, which is the story that his, his wife is writing, and then there's the, like, Buddhist astronaut... The Buddhist astronaut. ...thing. The boostronaut. <laughs> ...that I still don't really understand that part of it, and uh, that's about one-third of the movie that I wish were not there. But I can still enjoy let's, it. Let's get into <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, didn't say this, but it got what did it, what did it get? Seven point three out of ten on IMDb, as well as fifty one percent actually rotten, which surprised me when I saw that from critics. Yeah, uh, five point nine out of ten from critics, and seventy four percent of the audience liked it, giving it a six point four or six point eight score rather. Um, so first thoughts, Matt, you kind of gave us yours a little bit. I do like the movie. I Darren Aronofsky as a director, I don't really care for. This is the only movie of his that I've like wanted to watch more than once. What else um, is he? Th- Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream, Black uh, Swan. That Noah. mustache, man. Oh, I, my God. I like Black Swan. I didn't like Black Swan. Uh, oh, he's... And uh, as good of a movie as Requiem for a Dream is, it's so soul-crushingly depressing that I never want to watch it again. Requiem for a Dream? Yeah. Okay. I've never seen it. I haven't either. You need to, like, prepare yourself if you're going to watch that Isn't movie because it's going to... Clint Didn't Clint Mansell do Yes. That? He That's did this sick song. He's great. I can do yeah. it or not. <laughs> um, what? That's a sweet song, Requiem for a Dream. Oh, that... Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah, that's yeah. the one. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Everybody knows it. Yeah. Yep. Whether they've seen the movie or not, they know that song. Yep. Um... First thoughts after seeing? It was nothing like what I expected. Um, I took actually a long time to figure out what was actually going on. Like I didn't know how everything was working together, and then things start falling in place. And I actually kind of enjoyed the the ride it took me on. And there was a lot of, you know, gut-wrenching, not not gut-wrenching, I guess heartfelt moments. Gut-wrenching is appropriate. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, yes. I mean, I... It was a lot better than I expected going right. into a movie I'd never heard of. Right, Aaron? Uh, this, uh, we mentioned kind of how um, The Revenant felt like Oscar bait. This is artsy, but not in a, a, a cheap Oscar bait type of feel. Absolutely not. Uh, everything worked together the way it should. Uh, it's extremely 
emotionally impactful. Yes. Uh, because it allows you to learn to like the characters mm-hmm. and, and be part of this. I mean, it really is just this weird journey with three different stories combining into one story. Uh, it's definitely unlike most movies you'll watch. Yeah. Uh, I was promised tears, and I did not get any tears from did, me. Did you get close? No. Oh, really? Whoa. Because I you did have not no soul. care. You have no he did, soul. He doesn't know what it's like to love someone. Apparently, he's a poor, pitiful man. As you're, you're sitting in the you're sitting in a room with three married guys. You don't understand. Wow, I really am. Holy <laughs> buckets, that's weird. Hey, get older, Mike. Get <laughs> older, ladies, <laughs> ladies. Um, no, I, it was a different movie than I was expected. The it wasn't. Um, how do I good? It wasn't Ooh. good. In my opinion, mm-hmm. like there were there were redeeming qualities, um, but I really want to get into why it wasn't good. Well, go ahead, you start. Uh, because the story is extremely disjointed, and you're completely lost for like the first fourth, or th- first, I don't know, two fifths over a fourth. You know what I mean? No, I'd say the fifth, maybe twenty f- percent. You know what I mean? Like you're you're lost for a long time, and then you realize what's going on. But then you get these weird dream sequences, and you still don't know why the Buddhist monk is here and why he's a conquistador for half of it. The that's the, the conquistador is simple. That's well, the right. story. That you're writing, dumb. and, well, no, and no, they're no, putting but, he's but, putting his own face, their own faces, and their own story to that. Right, but that's still it. Still, kind of mirrors what's happening in their life. They're searching. <laughs> She's writing a story to cope with what's happening to her. Right, and I, he is her conquistador. That story is all of her research, culminating into one story about their life kay. and the way that she has embraced and become comfortable with death. But you don't find out that she's writing this story until after after like the first fifth of the movie. It yeah. only shows the conquistador like once or twice. Well, yeah, after, then you after get- after they reveal it. Yeah, it shows it a lot more, and it makes sense. It makes sense then, but I'm uh, just saying, like, you get a lot of these elements that just hit you in the face at the at the beginning, and you're like, "What is going on?" Well, well but like, Memento was the same way. Haven't seen it. Oh, uh, that's true. You didn't watch it. No. Yeah. Well, and I don't. I, you should. They, they I, open. I they open with the conquistador. So there's three storylines: the the Spaniard uh, fighting for his queen, the modern day. A scientist trying to find a cure for his wife's brain tumor, and then this futuristic space traveler that uh, I guess space monk, yes, yeah, space monk. <laughs> but so they open up with the conquistador, it, which sets the theme for all three stories: the right. life and death, death becoming life. Yeah, and I think that works. And then you find out that it's wrapped up into this modern day story because she's the one writing that story, right? Yes. So, like I said, when when they when they reveal and they connect them, it works. It works really well when he when he is the monk and she like comes up to him and then it like cuts to the same conversation they're having. But then when they replay that, I'm lost. You know what I mean? Because that that happens multiple times. I don't get it. Like, is that his last vision of her? Like, memory of her? I don't. In, in what part? When when it's, it's the first snow of the year. We always take a walk on the first snow of the year. And that happens like six times. It happens twice. No, 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 no. It happens three times. It happens three or four. And the one time he makes the decision to follow her, and I think it's him. It's a a life. It's a moment in their life that he regrets and wishes he could change. 
I don't know what I don't think it was disjointed at all. It, I it, I agree with Aaron. Like this story fits together very well, and they and the way they transitioned from one story no, to where they right. connected it with similar, almost identical shots from one story That's to the what next. I'm I think when they connect them, it works. I just I had trouble following where they were okay. going. Well, it's, that's where I lost. It. It's like building a puzzle. You have to start with some fragmented pieces, and eventually, as everything comes together, you get that satisfaction of the whole picture. Yeah, but you have to start with the border first in a puzzle. Not always. Corners, dude. Always. No. Have built you ever built a puzzle out, from the middle outward? <laughs> no, you start with the corners. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. Let's build a puzzle, but let's only use the ones that don't have an edge. <laughs> Honestly, I just start. I look at the box when I'm building a puzzle, and I just wait, start like. Wait, hold on, are we discussing puzzle strategy? Yeah, for real. That, <laughs> this is no, silly. we're not. This is Moving silly. on. Um, so yeah, that's my big bugaboo with this movie, and you guys don't feel the same way. I, I don't at all. I think that it's connected in a way that they're each their individual story while mirroring each other and being connected. I think it works. But I've seen it more than once, so maybe that's because I... Right. The first viewing, I don't remember how I reacted other than... Man tears. Yeah. Okay, and I want to bring this up. I would have had man tears if I knew what was going on, but I just... Could. How can you Even not understand what's... Like, the the, no, the no, moments no, no, no. where you should it. have tears, it's very clear what's going on. <laughs> I know, and I understand that, but I was just like... Uh. You're being very judgmental. He's young, he doesn't understand That's true. Things. Well, it's Once not, you're married, watch this movie again. I believe in a thing called love. Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't God. know how that fits into this. It doesn't, but, like, love. Oh, Take okay. a chance we can make it now. What? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> uh, I will say they did make me feel emotion simply by the, choosing the shots that they did. There are so many extreme close-ups on faces where you can tell what emotion Hugh Jackman is trying oh. to portray. Uh. Hugh Jackman doesn't have to try in this movie. This is the the okay. So this and the Prestige came out in the same yeah, year, we, right? We mentioned that, and the, yeah. I watched this movie before having watched the Prestige. And before this movie, the only thing about Hugh Jackman that I knew was that he was Wolverine, and then he was Van Helsing in that one really bad movie. Yes, in Van Helsing. Um, yeah, in, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I had no idea that Hugh Jackman could act until I saw right. this movie. Yeah, and he he just he floored me with his performance. Matt's giddy. This no, this is I was telling we we got together and played a few games this weekend and we were kinda of talking about the fountain. And I put this in my own personal top five acting performances. I would say too. Like there were there are a few parts where it felt like he was overacting, but the rest of it worked very well. I was say I mean, in every actor there's a struggling actor that wants to get out in between all the bubs and cigars and <laughs> eviscerations. <laughs> just making jokes over there. I am. God, I thought and I thought my jokes were bad. <laughs> Your jokes are bad. Yeah, true that. <laughs> um Okay. So, so before we get away from the story, do we want to try to explain it? Explain the uh do we want to give our thoughts on the travel space traveling monk? Yes, what I, that's, yeah, that's yeah. something that does need to be addressed, and that—that's exactly what I'm saying. Is like I don't understand it. I, I went into it because I've seen it multiple times. I specifically watched it this time, trying yes. to get a better understanding of that third part of the puzzle because the conquistador is very obvious, right? Not a 
there's no disconnect between the stories at all. Right. The modern day time is our main thread. That's easy enough. But then you have this seemingly out of place, like space traveling, bald guy, astronaut, Buddhist, whatever you want to call him. There's no astronaut in there. He's <laughs> okay. See, this is, is this is how I understood it. Right. No, no, no. Because like astronaut, I think of like helmet. Okay. And I think of what's the movie uh, with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Pluto Nash. Pluto Nash. Oh, that movie's terrible. Uh, or, Do not compare this to Pluto Nash. I think it's Space Chimps is another one. You know what I'm talking about? And the yep. guy from Down Periscope. And he's like. Kelsey Grammer? No. No. I mean, I think he's in Down Periscope. He is in Down Periscope. But no, the other guy that's making the. The fat cook? No. God. Anyways. There's he's, also. He's making yeah. the whale sounds when they're trying oh, to get quiet. That, that guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was actually pretty good. Right? Yeah. Uh, but no. Uh, that was a dolphin. <laughs> I'm just saying. That was still pretty it good. It was a dolphin. That was not good for a whale. Okay, listen, 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 listen. He made dolphin noises. All right. What, what I think it is, is the, the he's a monk. Obviously, he's a Buddhist monk. Um, just the way he's dressed and the way he's, he's got his I don't head. think wait, so. Wait, Buddhist people wore pajamas? Yes. Oh. Don't they? Anyway, right, so you give your interpretation. Right. Go so ahead. he's meditating or he's reached that higher being or whatever, you know what I mean? Like he's he's dead. But he is in what do they call it? Not limbo, but like he's at peace with himself. You know what I mean? Like he's at peace with the world. And so he he's in a point where he time space doesn't isn't a thing. So he can see any moment at any time is what I think is happening. You know what I mean? And, like, going up at the end is, yeah. like, him going into the nebula that they're talking about. I was trying to find a, a more literal interpretation of why this story would even be told. Because yeah. it has to be connected somehow. It can't be that disconnected. Because he's got the memories of... Uh, I can't remember her name. Rachel. Izzy. He's got those memories. He's he, The way I took it this time is that because we get that little glimpse of when he was trying to find a cure for brain tumors, he stumbled upon a cure to reverse aging. So the way I took it this time is that that is the same character, Tommy, the doctor that has lived for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, however long it took to find the technology to get to this dying star that she said could bring that's where the uh, the Mayans said that the when the star died and exploded it would it creates life because he he said all this time I've been with you and he's got the same tattooed ring on he's got the rings on his arm that are like the age the life rings of a tree showing the, the passage oh. of a time and the way he's the reason he's so angry and the the reason we get the ending where it finally gives the ending of the conquistador story is because his wife told him before she died to finish her story and he does not know how it ends and that's he's trying to find a way to bring her back to life so that they can be together and at the end he finally realizes the way they can be together is if he dies so he accepts death and that's why he kind of closes his eyes and then we go back to the conquistador and he's finishing the story in his head the guy accepts death uh, accepts death and becomes part of life so I thought it was a lot more literal than than what some of the interpretations are right okay see that makes a lot more sense than what i just said i think at least what do you what are you two over there thinking 
I thought it was more metaphorical, more a representation of his conscience. Right, kind his, of like his his acceptance. See, of his that's wife. what I thought. That's the first kind of what I thought I've, too. I saw it, but there, I thought there had to be that makes a lot of sense. more of something more of a literal connection. Well, there. I don't know because there because even Darren Aronofsky said himself that like this is all very open to interpretation. He's not even sure what the what the yeah, that's pretty obvious what the <laughs> correct interpretation of that part of it is. But like I don't know to me. I'm kind of with Johnny on this one. It's like I think that, that that space part is kind of taking place within his self and the the tree represents uh Izzy, obviously, and how he's trying to uh as time goes on keep her memory alive. And so I don't know, it's 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 really weird. So like when when you when he finally gets up to that nebula and everything explodes and like he's he's finally accepted the fact that She's gone, but her memory is now just all over the place. And so he can c- continue to move on with his own life and accepting the fact that she's dead. I don't know. That's that's what I took from it. But See, and that's kind of how I looked at it the first few times I saw it. But this time, like I said, I wanted to try to find a, a more concrete, literal interpretation. And the tree, because they in- intentionally added at the end that one scene of him planting a seed over her grave and they had the scene way toward the beginning of the movie where she said uh, the Mayan that she met while doing her research said that he planted a seed over I think it was his father's grave and that when the tree grew that was his father's life and he could fly with the bird so I took it literally that he thought like her the tree was part of her that her soul was in that tree like she said so he literally took the tree into the middle of the nebula that's that this time that's how I thought of it but like I said who knows I have it is open to interpretation right. <laughs> right. No, see, I think he makes uh, a lot of good points Aaron does I, I and I, I like every point of that there's just a couple weird aspects of it that I just didn't like like oh yeah the one scene where the tree like all of a sudden like shifts and hardens and dies like it sh- literally shows the tree dying yeah in one smooth and that's motion it the bubble pop, the bubble thing, atmosphere, um, dude. They don't have it in space apparently. Well, it was around <laughs> in a circle. I mean, yeah, but it popped <laughs> and then the tree died immediately. <laughs> anyway, well, no, like, wouldn't that happen? I don't know. Have is that how many trees been in outer space just without a bubble? <laughs> <laughs> how many trees have been in outer space with a bubble? <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> All right, so. Basically, I think we've all concluded that there is no concrete explanation. There's no one right explanation to There's it. There's no spoon. There is no spoon. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but I think that, and I don't adds to. I don't mind that it's so vague and that it's not so connected. See, I kind of liked that. It left I mean, it very open-ended. When you think, of, see, I don't know. I mean, I, I and I totally get it. Like, there is not a right answer. Um, I just don't know if I necessarily like ambiguity in this point. In and this, I've one. gone on record saying that I don't. And like I said earlier in the show, this is the part of the movie that, like that I could do without if they gave us either more, if they if they cut out this third of it and filled it with either more of Tommy the scientist or the conquistador, I still would have been perfectly fine with it. Yeah. But it doesn't take away from my viewing experience for this movie. Okay. I agree. I agree. I I would say the same thing. If they if they replaced the the runtime of that story with more of the other two, I would be fine. But it's not like I don't 
I don't dislike that part of the movie. I gotta say, I'd watch an entire movie on just the Conquistador. That part was yeah. pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The I think the biggest problem with the Conquistador thing, the, some of the special effects weren't great. No. Like what? <laughs> and throughout the film, like you could just tell, like the Maya temple in the background was fake at some point, and then like in the next scene they used real. Okay. I mean, but like. <laughs> How make dare it, they not travel to the sacred make temples? Make it look realistic. But then <laughs> no, they, I know what you mean. Because there were some... The, like in, it, yeah, in the late 90s and the early 2000s, there were a lot of movies where they they were trying to do... It seems like they were trying to do maybe too much with the technology and yeah. made it worse yeah. instead of trying to hide it and make it part of the movie. Yeah. Like, I got to admit, I was actually so involved in the story. I didn't even notice the bad... I didn't really notice anything. Like, the only thing that kind of threw me off was, like, the mirroring shots when you... It's like the camera's upside down, and you see the car coming, and it flips over. Like, the first time I saw that, I was like, that looks a little bit fake. And I'm like, no, no, it doesn't. But, like, the first time time I saw it, I was like, eh. That looks totally fake. But apparently it's not. Really? Yeah. Oh, and they and he used the same a lot of the overhead shots with uh with a pattern on the floor that would fade into a, a pattern or a shape in the next story. Yep. And a lot of the almost identical shots from one story to the next. I thought those shots were fantastic because it helped link the stories. Yeah. Yeah, the the transition between yes. the two of them was great, and I'm not arguing. Like instead of just a hard cut from yeah. one to the next to the next. No, yeah, it, it flowed very well. I was just lost where this river was flowing. <laughs> I guess you know, it's, that's just me. Yeah, you know? it's a difficult movie because yeah. you have to. You're you're almost forced to interpret that third part of the movie, the the space part. For of sure. For sure. But you are forced to, because otherwise you're not, you're, right. you're going to walk right. away going, what was that third of the movie about? Like, and, unless you can draw your own conclusions from it, that's a third of the movie where you're just going to be scratching your head. But I think the other two parts feed you enough that you can come up, we've had four different interpretations of what that meant because of what the other two told us. Yeah. So, yeah. True that. Double true. Yeah, the other true. problem I have with the real life space monk theory, I'm just thinking about this now. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Let's go back no, to that. Admittedly, it he is has just a theory. No so. <laughs> source of propulsion. And remember, tree bubbles don't aren't real things. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't need a source of propulsion if you're already moving. Anyways. Um, but you would hit atoms and they would slow you down. You know how far of a distance it is going. Mike, it's the twenty sixth century when that's happening. He, he he cured aging, but he didn't cure the need for food and everything. Trees and got apples. He was eating bits of bark and stuff, yeah. Well but, but it was uh the sustenance from the quote tree of life. I don't have all the answers. That was one interpretation I've had I've had a different one every time I watch the movie. I try <laughs> to understand that and that's I, the magic of this yeah, yeah. Now that's that's interesting. You've literally had a different well, reaction you, to the movie. Even like McNeil said, the director, there is no real answer. So you're trying to come up with one of your own, and some things support one theory while others don't. God, see, and that's that's like imaginary math. You know what I mean? It's like, like real math. <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say? <laughs> math is completely made up. <laughs> it, no, it is. There. Are, there are things such as imaginary numbers, you jerk. You know what I mean? Words. It's just All numbers like, are imaginary. <laughs> there is no spoon. <laughs> um, but let's let's talk about let's go, let's go away from the story a little bit. Um, I want to talk about cinematography because it was done well, very well. 
Um, who, who can you look up who the cinematographer for this movie was? Because uh, I, I off the top of my head, I don't know. Pete Jones. Pete Jones. I've heard of him. Yeah, that's, that's not it. Good old Petey. <laughs> I think Pete Jones is the name of uh, the, the from Zach and Mary make a porno. They're like, what's your? <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? I don't. I don't know. But he's like, hey, what would your yeah, porn name be? Super generic. <laughs> <Yeah>. Pete Jones. <laughs> Pete Jones. Uh, Matthew Libatique. Uh, he's done Iron Man, uh, Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream, Iron Man Two. Oh, look uh, at that! Straight out of Compton, Chirac. Oh wow, look at that! Um, so he's he's done a lot of good movies. He's done a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. But he's also done movies like She Hate Me, Never I Die Alone. Don't know what that is. The number twenty three was pretty good. I haven't seen it, but I heard it was good. Yeah, me too. Um, so one thing I'm noticing with a lot of his movies, he they have a lot of um, hidden or. You know, a lot of images that are just kind of inserted in that either point at things earlier or later in the movie. Thanos is behind the whole thing. Exactly. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't help myself. Uh, anyway, what are you saying? Well, I'm just saying, like, we're looking at this list of movies he's done. I've, right. I'm noticing that There's a, a lot, lot of, of them. Um, a lot of them have uh, foreshadowing. That's and, the word. Yeah, you. things like that. And, and apparently, uh, Darren Aronofsky likes to use him as his cinematographer because you did say Black Swan and Requiem were on his. Yep, and Noah. And Noah were on his uh, repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. He's he's got a long, a long filmography. He's got fifty-two. Wow. As a cinematographer. Well, he must know what he's doing then. I did. I did really like the cinematography right, yeah. for this movie. It, it was, was really good. It was done very well. A lot of tight shots, which which allow you to um, experience what they're experiencing just through their emotions. Yep. Um, and that you know we already talked about Hugh Jackman, but uh, who was his counterpart in this movie? Is he? Well, I mean Rachel Weisz. <laughs> Rachel Weisz. Yeah, she did a very good job too. Yeah. Not as good because I think Hugh Jackman was just like, hey. This show, I'm gonna steal it. I was say, yeah, the show. I, it's I mine. think <laughs> I think her best scene was probably in the bathtub. Yep, when she oh, yeah. when she's afraid and and realizing she can't feel uh, differences of temperature and how it's yeah. Oh yeah, but I, just with staying on the acting, I don't see how even if even if you're confused about how the story is is moving along. Mm-hmm. The acting performance and just letting yourself be in, be involved with these characters, a, a normal people would feel something. <laughs> yeah. Like like I <laughs> like I said last week, every time my buddy David watches this movie, he's bawling like a baby. Well, it's David like rough. a baby. Um, and the part that hits you is it, it's just not even just one single part. No, it's like to, fifteen to solid go into minutes. Some spoilers. He's. He is a, a a scientist or doctor or whatever working on the cure for brain tumors because his wife sure. has a brain tumor. And the timing of the way things happen, his wife finally comes to peace with death and she passes away, which is heartbreaking enough the way he reacts. Then as he's being forced out of the room as they're trying to save her, uh, one of her his coworkers comes. I think up it's and, his boss, and yeah. he, she thinks he's excited because she got he got the news that they found the way to combat the brain tumors, but she doesn't realize that Izzy just passed away, and that's crushing. 
and then he can't find his wedding ring and he's tattooing the wedding ring onto his finger as he's just breaking down man just even oh. hearing you describe it is getting me a little yeah, misty I'm it's not <laughs> really big time impactful so what you guys fail to understand is Lucas men are tough oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, for, oh, I forgot about are, that are you, are you saying that you didn't get teary Johnny I, I totally teared up, yeah. Because okay. I have a wife, yeah. and, and and you know I know I, how to love. You get a lump yeah. in your throat, and it's... it's I, I had to punch yeah, myself on the arm a few times. Yeah. I was like, don't you cry. <laughs> he's like thinking of all the manly things. He's like, I made my own beef jerky this weekend. This is stupid. <laughs> Hunting and manly. But the, it's... It, <laughs> just to give wow, more accolades to Hugh wow. Jackman, if his performance wasn't so good... It wouldn't have been that way. I was about to say, yeah, it really was. Because we get kind of a similar thing in Shutter Island, but Leo's inability to cry the right way (laughs) took every emotion out of that scene. Yeah. Hugh Jackman killed it. I don't remember that scene. (laughs) When he's like going into the water to get his son and daughters, and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad. I don't remember that scene. Uh, Leonardo has like the worst cry face ever. Oh, it was bad. But that's what I mean, like, finding the right actor for this role. I was going to, like, just do my cry face right there. <laughs> Probably not worth it. Like, I could just picture it in my head. You're just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were you saying, John? Uh, nothing. Yeah, you, <laughs> you destroyed anything. Yeah. Um, also, lighting was a little bit weird in this film. Like, it's funny, because uh, more than once, Schley's like, You'd think it'd be brighter in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, at times, there was, like, really bright. Like, with the monk thing, super bright. And but, like, I get that. He was in, in like, a dying space. But, like, even, in, even right. in the hospital, it was, like, it was a little dark. Yeah. And, like, I get I get why. It was, like, artsy-fartsy, whatever. But, right. Like, but, like they're <laughs> casting a shadow on she, the, she couldn't, the moment. She couldn't help but point out, like, you think it'd be brighter in that hospital. Yeah. <laughs> and some right. of the conquistador scenes were... Extremely dark. You could hardly see any there was detail. No electricity. Yeah. Did anyone I else? understand that? But there were <laughs> fires right next to them. Yeah. Um, so. Did anyone else notice that it was very soft? Not not loud. Uh, like I was, I had my my TV up. Like uh, I was just gonna say, you can turn the volume forty up. notches <laughs> more than what is usually on, and it still wasn't loud. I I did have the same problem. Right? Yeah, I had to turn, I had to turn my up. surround sound up significantly higher than I normally have to. Yeah, so. yeah it, it is a quiet movie. But, it, but it, it, it's not affected by some movies. Uh, I know Johnny in particular has noticed it, where I haven't, where you have to constantly turn it up, oh, turn right, it down, turn right. it up. Yeah. I didn't oh, I didn't do that. Because the, the dialogue is really soft and then right. the explosions right. are just yeah. so loud you have to just like, turn what it back is down going again. On? Yeah, this one yeah. was more of a set and forget. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Uh, well, it's like a set and still squint and try to understand what's going on because apparently squinting helps your ears. <laughs> Better turn that down. I can't yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt knows what I'm talking about. Um, but an- another thing is like they used a lot of yellow lighting which is a weird choice because like it's like yellow just isn't very natural. Like it is in a sense like uh, anything's better than like uh, floor or shop lighting like in a like iridescent or whatever the heck it's called. But even yellow is like, I, I imagine like bath outside bathrooms. Uh, uh, like a I think that was just another artsy uh, to tie in the, I mean, because they're looking at, what is it? Shibulba, mm-hmm. the, the dying star. Yep. It, it throws off a golden light. It's all the so same just kind, kind of, of shade of, yeah. Okay. They're trying to tie the stories like, in. Yeah, same that, theme so. throughout. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot more sense. I didn't think about that. 
Uh, can we talk about the music for this movie? Yes. Because holy biscuits, <laughs> the music for this movie. What about it? It's so good. It's, it's literally one of the best. It. Oh, you got to be kidding. I had my TV up at maximum <laughs> volume and I when, could barely hear I their voices. When we're done, just pull up the soundtrack on, on YouTube yes. and listen yeah. to it. Cause I it's, listen it's to the soundtrack so at work to get through the day. I think I've literally listened to the soundtrack three times a month. How much Kanye they got? Zero. Uh, zero. I, I just imagine him sitting in his cubicle bawling his eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> Is he? <laughs> Get to work. <laughs> Aaron, are you okay? So you didn't notice the music at all, Mike? Dude, I couldn't hear the movie. Uh, Johnny, what about you? Didn't really notice it that much. I was actually I was pretty into the movie itself, just kind of. Mm-hmm. Then it was late and I was tired. Like... This is probably like the time where you watch Mad Max <laughs> on a on a, a phone, but I could still hear it. Yeah, but you couldn't see it. But you could hear it all comes from. Uh, I don't even if I hadn't watched it on a phone. I st- I don't have surround sound in my house. But you can listen to it in not surround sound. What? They have multiple speakers on the back of a, a, a TV. You have one speaker coming out of the bottom of your phone. Anyway, whatever. And it was still wasn't loud. That's just the problem I had. Anyway, talk about the the soundtrack. Uh, it's just it's it's very. Compelling. There's like there's like one. Is it motif? Is that the correct word? Sure, that, I don't know music. That they that they keep coming back to, um, throughout. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's hard to explain without knowing what it's like. It's hard to explain it to somebody who hasn't listened to it because. It's, Sing it for us. No. <laughs> it, 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 Wrong movie. <laughs> Same guy though, Clint Mansell. He he does a lot of good things. Uh, even just for a little side rant of my own, he did the ending song from Smoking Aces. Yes, which was one of the single... only good parts of that movie. What? Are you kidding? Anyways. I've never made it all the way through that movie. Uh, what? Um, That's such a silly, awesome. <laughs> it is such a silly, awesome movie. Is right. the perfect way to describe it. So, yeah. so, so, Chris Pine. Listen, listening. If you if you listen to the soundtrack to the movie by itself, it's like, oh, that's a nice piece of music, violins, and it all sounds very pretty. But watching it with the movie. You get ev- like all the impactful things that happen in the movie, like his wife dying, his, uh, his tattooing the ring onto himself when he's um, in the like monk thing and the trees dying, and he's like freaking out. It's it, you can hear it in the background. It's that same like melody, and it just it punches you in the gut so hard, and it just it's so good. And I ah, Mike, I'm sad you couldn't hear it during the yeah. movie. Uh, Really, just quick side note: the first time that they showed the, the the tattoo of the ring, do you know what I thought that was? I thought he had been wearing like a ring. <laughs> oh my god, that oh, wasn't of good quality. No, oh, you just Amber has seen this movie with me multiple and did the times same thing? and did not remember. She was like, "Oh, that's bad quality ring." <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what. And I thought. all I said was, "No." <laughs> <laughs> That is oh, exactly what I thought because that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> but I, I was it just, just like, cracked me up because I real? can't believe you thought the same thing. <laughs> but okay. I guess if you didn't know, that's that, yeah. but to to have seen the movie multiple times <laughs> yeah. and still be like, that's a bad quality ring, right? And like at the end, it made sense when he like was yeah. after he was tattooing and he had it, and I was like, oh duh, but yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, anything else you guys want to say about the film before we wrap up? It's amazing, and I love it. And this I would absolutely put on a must-watch. But be prepared to be sad unless you're Mike and don't have a soul. Oh, please. I have no soul. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Uh, McNeil is absolutely right. It's a must-watch. And if you've ever loved anything... Unlike apparently Michael. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> not even, it will not crush even you. your dog or anything. It's like we're we're all over here talking about how I've, much how moving this movie is, and Mike's over there like, "What is love?" I've loved plenty of Baby, things, don't hurt me. <laughs> guys. But I just for some reason I was just like, huh? Watch it. What? Wow. Hashtag if, she dead. I can't. Believe if you that, ever get that, married, that, Mike. If you ever get married, Felicia. watch the movie again. No, because you automatically just you. you you put yourself in the situation. If, and if I wanted to watch like movies and cry, I would just watch like America's Got Talent because every time someone that shouldn't do good or doesn't like it doesn't look like they're gonna do good and they do really good, it makes me tear up. Oh, see, we just have different tastes. Like the, hashtag rags the riches. <laughs> hashtag don't care about people dying. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> no, I'm just Mike kidding, doesn't though. care. <laughs> yep. Anyway, I don't, would you put it on a must watch? Uh, no. Ooh. Okay. No, I would put it on. I would put it in a randomizer. Now I'm interested to hear your score. bottom fourth of the randomizer, though. John mm-hmm. must watch. No, please no. Mm, honestly, yes. yeah, that's a no. <laughs> like, would would you watch the movie again? John? I'd watch it again. I wouldn't say a must watch. I'd definitely watch it though at some you point. You know, and I, honestly, if you ask me if I watch, I would watch it again. I probably would, so I could understand it better. But and hear the soundtrack. And hear the soundtrack. And well. feel the emotional impact of the movie, so, you, you know heartless, what? Yeah. heartless make, man. Make this a must-watch, but do it with your SO or something. That's Absolutely. the way I see it. Have to. Lame. Uh, anyway, okay, so... Okay, fine. G- adopt a dog, you know... <laughs> Learn to love something, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> a little cat, maybe a <laughs> hamster. A hamster. Uh, I no, don't do that. They don't live very long. I'm Peter Bull of goldfish <laughs> next I'm to Peter, we're just giving me more animals. I'm Peter Piper, <laughs> right? That's what the, that's Did the, you pick a peck of pickled peppers? Oh, God. Precocious. Movie. Precariously. Anyway, uh, I'll go first. Six and a half. Whoa, that was actually and better than I expected. For that's, that's me too, actually. That's I was only thinking. for Hugh Jackman's acting and the cinematography. What do you have against Schlee? Huh? <laughs> what do I have against Schlee? What do you mean? Yeah, for choosing. Oh, this speaking movie. of, before we get any further, let's read her rating because oh. this was her pick. Yeah, this for was sure. her pick. Uh, she gave it a seven. Um, wow. Okay. She, see. Oh. Yeah. She, uh, I don't. She didn't really give me a whole lot of detail as to why she gave me a seven. So we'll have her explain herself next week. That sounds good. That sounds good. Um, let Matt, did you go follow up with yours? Me? Okay, I'm going to give this movie a nine because it's just that. Man, look at him just good. passing out nines like uh-huh. nothing. Uh, I uh-huh. don't give that many movies a nine. Uh huh. Star Wars. <laughs> Making it rain. <laughs> Making it rain nine. Make it rain nines all over the place. <laughs> uh, the only thing that does not. The only thing that prevents this movie uh, from being a 10 is the ambiguity with that that third of the movie. Like, if it weren't for that, this movie's instantly a 10 in my book. The cinematography's great. Performances are great. The music is great. Everything about it is great except for that third of the movie, which is all ambiguous. But that part's still pretty good, so it's a 9 for me. Okay. Um, John? You know, I'm looking at that list of scores... 
so I'm trying to like put this in a good spot where, where, where at where I think it should be. Um, you can't do that. Well, no, based on my last question. from your heart, John. Don't be like Mike. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> you know what? Uh, why? Tell, tell me about it. Seven and a half. <laughs> Wait, is it an eight or is it a seven and a half? It's just going to start dropping. Six, four, two, zero. Can we go negative? Seven and a half. Um, like I said, I it wasn't terribly engaging at first. I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed the scenes, but it was disjointed. It didn't make sense. I do like the ending effect it did have. Uh, and the acting, dear God, the acting of Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman should have won an Oscar for this movie. I, I honestly am surprised. Or a yeah. minimum been nominated. There's no reason. You know who won Best Actor in 2006, Mike? I can't remember the guy's name. Philip Seymour Hoffman. For Capote. Oh, my I God. I like Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I've never seen Capote. I mean, it's a story about a writer. So Didn't he mm. die like a couple years ago? Yeah, he just did. Beginning of this year, dude. Was it this year? Philip Seymour Hoffman. God, that feels like so long Pretty sure. Though. I don't know. He passed away year. recently. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, recently. But yeah, no. Uh, that's that's who won. And Hugh Jackman's performance in this movie completely blows yeah. anything that Philip Seymour Hoffman has ever done out of the water. Oh my goodness. But it I, was yeah. <laughs> the movie was a little quiet. I mean it just it I don't know. I thought I felt like it was a very impactful movie. It would have an impact on any normal person that watched it. I was thinking of Alan Rickman. He died earlier this year. Philip Seymour Hoffman's been a few years. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but no, but it's still. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jesus. Uh, Aaron, what about you? I give this an 8.75. Woofta. Woofta, indeed. I, because I can kind of at least come up with some explanation that I'm comfortable with for that third part. And because, like I said, I put this in top five acting performances ever for Hugh Jackman in this movie. Uh, I liked... Who's been better? Uh, Hugh Jackman again in Les Miserables. <laughs> well, no, well, that too. Uh, I don't know. Most of De Niro's early work. Some, it, we're not getting into my acting list. <laughs> anyway. Um, and for, uh, first of all, I'm a sucker for real, impactful, emotional movies, not like fake forced uh, movies like uh, this, obviously. Uh, McNeil mentioned Les Mis, uh, Mystic River, something that's just get, packs this emotional punch right. with real characters. I love and the soundtracks and photography. I liked everything about the movie. So eight point seven five. All right, I thought Mystic River was an action movie. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it was not. Also disappointing for me. <laughs> what's that? What's our total, Mike? Uh, seven point seven five. Okay. Three must watch, just Did you say it was must watch? Aaron and a half must watches. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron and I gave it a must watch. John said, "Eh, maybe." <laughs> and then I said, "Bum bum ba da." All right. You really gotta get a soundboard. I'm serious. Yeah. Well, Mike, I think you need to visit the wizard so you can get a heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that SpongeBob. That was, that was actually really good. <laughs> SpongeBob quote in here again somewhere. Oh, please! I have no soul. Uh, all right, so that's the end of the episode. Um, next week, uh, we bring you the review of... What are you doing? It's a drum roll. While I thought you, it was like a... While you Google the movie that you forgot. No, no, I didn't Google the movie I forgot. I just forgot to Google it. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, I thought it was like a, a plane dying almost. Blah, 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 blah. No. Anyway, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, came out earlier this year, uh, rated PG-13, about an hour and 44 minutes long. It's drama horror mystery uh, uh, directed by Dan Trachtenberg uh, and written by Josh Campbell and Matthew St- Stukin. Uh, after getting in a... Stukin! <laughs> <laughs> Loki, one of the most underrated jokes right there. That was the best Lucas joke I've ever heard. <laughs> um, after getting in a car accident, a woman is held in a shelter with two men who claim the outside world is affected by a widespread chemical attack. Um, uh, stars John Goodman, uh, Gallagher, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It doesn't star Gallagher, but it stars a guy named John Gallagher. Uh, Douglas M. Griffin, Bradley Cooper, Simile Montano. Wait, honestly, I didn't think there Bradley were- Cooper? His voice. You can't. Count I didn't the think voices. there was anybody in this movie yeah. other than those three people. That uh, Mary Elizabeth. What's she been in? Was she in? Uh, she was. She's the girl from Scott Pilgrim. Was she the main character? The uh, Ramona blue, Flowers. Yeah, yeah, the blue, pink, whatever. Yeah. She had multiple colors. I was of gonna hair, say she's but. pretty. How do I not know her? Uh, hey, Scott here. Anything uh, since Scott? <laughs> he just left. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about this film. Uh, I have actually never seen the original Cloverfield. and The good thing is, you don't have to. That's what I hear. And yeah. so I really wanted to see this because uh, John Goodman's, like, never in anything. Not anymore. Right, but he's just awesome anytime he is. Recently, he's been good he's been everything. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's been in a few things more recently. Like, there's a stretch where I was like, where the hell is like, John Goodman all, all of the movies that I can think of him in, most of them are terrible. He was in Red State, and he was awesome. I didn't see that one. He was in uh, Argo, and he was very good. I didn't yep. see that one. Very good on Argo. Um, he was in Flight with Denzel, and he was very good. I didn't see that one. That was an okay movie, though. You ever watch movies? Yeah, dude. You know what the, you know what the most recent movie that I can think of that had uh, him in it? John Goodman? Lebowski? No, actually. Was like O2. Walter Soapcheck. I love that Wait, character. What's the big Lebowski was in O2. Wasn't yeah. It? I thought that was way earlier. So did I. Wait, like... Like Anyways, uh, I know he had a he had a cameo appearance in the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. So what was the most recent thing you've seen him in? Probably the Rocky and Bullwinkle oh, movie. <laughs> oh jeez, god. Uh, but that was just a cameo. Ninety eight, my bad. Not counting, not counting that. Um, probably Big Lebowski then, because I think the Flintstones was older than Big Lebowski. Oh my god, that's such a bad movie. Yeah, right. What yeah. about Monsters Inc? Yeah. Oh yeah, that. I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot he was in that. Just the voice though. Yeah. And and Emperor's New Groove, that too. I do like him in that movie. Who is the version we grew? The fat guy, Pacha. Was he? That was John Goodman. <laughs> oh, that's right. The the his like step. I, I don't know who the voice actor is, but the one that plays Kronk. Yeah, I love that uh, guy's voice. That's uh, Joe. That is Joe from Family Guy. That's Joe from Family Guy. What oh, is it this is. Oh, Patrick yeah. Warburton. Thank Patrick you. Be. I could not. I can never remember his name either. Goodness. But I love him. Let's end this episode. Uh, so we got um, dope coming to you next week. We're giving you dope. Uh, as well as uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. But don't tell the cops. But don't tell the yeah, cops. That does sound like some kind of like coded drug meetup. Dude, the, the first like thing on 10 Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to review 10 Cloverfield Lane and dope. It's like some kind of... Uh, wink, wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the first thing they say in dope is dope. And they like define it and it's like a slang term. And then dope, drugs. It's pretty interesting. Anyway, um, 
Follow us on social media, guys. Uh, nothing but real reviews and more. Facebook, Twitter is nothing real. Uh, real, but like, we'll be real. Uh, iTunes, that's probably the best way to consume our content. That's where we have most of our reviews and everything. Uh, still five stars. So get at us. We're perfect. So perfect. I just noticed Aaron's Batman cup is a sippy cup. Oh, okay. We've <laughs> only brought this up like every week. <laughs> I, um, I just noticed that. Email us, lethargicmedia <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, send us a movie that you want us to review. We just added uh, The Thing by uh, I'm so excited John for that to Carpenter. come up. Wait, the new one or the old one? The old one. The old one. The John. 1980s one. Yeah. And I hear that's an awesome movie. I've never seen it. You haven't? That's a good one. It's that's so good. What I hear from literally everyone. It's so good. That's it's probably what I hear It's from probably everyone. in my top 10 movies of all time. That's, dude, yeah. Um, but yeah, send us a movie. Um, you don't have to be nice about it. Someone requested the entire Fast and Furious series. We might do one of them. We're working on it. <laughs> I think we've we've uh, we've given up on working on it at this point. I'm still working on we, it. We might get around to doing one of the Fast and Furious yes. movies. I've um, watched one every week since you told us to work on it. That's like 46 movies. I've rewatched. <laughs> I've watched the entire series three times. Uh, anyway, uh, that's our show, guys. End it. Tell your friends. Tell your, tell your friends. What, what was that? Friend. What? That's the record for a dream song. But tell your friends. Tell your friends. Oh God. Tell your friends. <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your friends. Let's go, but inconspicuously through the window. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Okay, that's it. Where you guys? I'm going home. Game over, man. Game over. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Good night and good luck. Thanks for listening to another episode of Nothing But Real Reviews and More. Remember to like us on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe and rate on iTunes. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.